journey of recovery, you will never be left alone. There's over millions and millions of people in the space of addiction recovery that's always going to be there to support you on your journey. So just remember, when you're down on your luck, you're in that gutter, and you're experiencing that pain, that you will never ever be alone. I exist, and I was once in that pain, and I thought I was alone in my trauma, and I thought I was alone in my addiction, and I realized there's always someone out there that can relate to your story. So don't give up, reach for help, don't be afraid to ask, and remember that you deserve to recover, you deserve to be free. Hello friends and family, welcome back to the Sober is Dope podcast, I'm your host Pop Buchanan, and this episode is geared towards summertime, new beginnings, and everything good. This is a sober is dope update. I thank everyone for their patience. It's been about, I would say, almost three weeks to a month since our last episode. And to be quite honest, that's mainly because we went really hard um, with back-to-back episodes and just doing so much in the sober is dope community. Um, I had to take a short little break and I also have a wonderful new um, job and I'm really excited about and I'm working with... Um, um adults with disabilities and i'm really excited to be adding another tear to the service aspect um of what i do with soap is dope but also giving back and um i'm really excited so i've been going through a really deep transition in my life but i hope you're all happy for me it's just another testament on what our recovery can do for us and all of the open, all of the doors that our recovery open. So if you're new to the Soap is Dope podcast, or if you're one of our listeners who's in early recovery season, maybe have years in recovery, um, just know this is another model that I, I like to use as, a, as an example on all of the beautiful things our recovery can give us. And um, so, yes, that's what I've been working on. We're gearing up to get into season four of Sober is Dope. This is kind of like a warmer episode, but mainly I miss you guys. You know, uh, I, I I really care about everyone out there, and I just wanted to check in. To everyone that's, um, uh, this is your one-year anniversary, six-month anniversary, two years, five years, shout out. Um, I want you to know I'm proud of you. There's many people in the community who celebrate all type of recovery milestones. I'll tell you, uh, if I ever had any doubt about my recovery or this sobriety thing of ours, right, um, those doubts are crushed in the wake of the immense progress i see thousands of people making daily in the recovery space i mean you'll be surprised how many um demons people are slaying how many diseases people are slaying how many illnesses how many mental health diagnoses how many addictions we're slaying this community is vibrant so if you ever doubt yourself in early recovery, if you're having a rough time in your life, if you don't have money right now and everything seems gray and you're going through a breakup maybe or you're going through a transition or maybe you relapse or 
Maybe you just don't feel 100%. Maybe you feel unworthy. Maybe you haven't gotten to a point where you can forgive yourself. Maybe you're just not feeling the love from people. Maybe you're not feeling the love from yourself. No matter what, just be patient. Hang in there. There's been times in my life where I look back and I say, damn, that period of my life. I mean, this could be recent. These are different little micro chapters of my life. That I could look back and say, that was a dark period. I remember this person may have died. I wasn't feeling well. I remember I lost my job around that time. And looking back, you could see this cloud over that memory. But then you think about, damn, I got through that though. And life is good now. And tomorrow might be another cloudy sky. But then it just gets better if you don't give up. Alright, so we wasn't put here on this planet in this capacity as children of God and men of God and women of God and people of God to um, doubt ourselves left or right, to not challenge ourselves. Part of my new um, of my new career path that I chose was me challenging myself into something that I always believed in and kind of wanted to do and a, a, sect, a sector of society that I always wanted to participate in. But it was a lot to transition from one thing to another. You know, um, I, I try new things all the time. And this next journey and this next chapter in my life is just a testament to that. And I'm telling you this because I share everything with Sober's Dope. I remember, I don't know if all you, my, my Sober's Dope day ones, you guys remember probably five years ago when I was talking about... Uh, I forgot that episode, but it was like these things that I wanted to do with my recovery. I was like, I'm going to learn yoga. I'm going to write a book about recovery. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm a, and, and, and since then, the only thing I haven't done yet was start my yoga practice. And I'm probably going to do that in 2025. But um, I wrote my book. As you guys know, um, and that was something I promised you and I told you guys was on my was part of my journey. I said I wanted to drop some albums, too. And then I dropped the Sober's Dope album and then I dropped the Sober's Dope book. I started the art company Meta is Dope, which is extremely doing extremely well. Um, if you want to follow us, we're on Twitter at Meta is Dope. Um, and Meta is Dope is a beautiful art company we made based on a galaxy and a, a plant, a universe we I created with myself and my girlfriend Jennifer Ruff called Metatron World. And it was like uh, we're building like our own Marvel universe, but it's based on angelic realms and the heavens and all of this cool abstract art. But that was something that my I challenged myself in. In recovery, we tend to challenge ourselves. So one today, I want to talk about creativity and challenging yourself and not being afraid to start new life paths because new life paths will help you identify parts of yourself and your potential that's dormant or aspects of yourself that are uh, that go unchallenged i want you to make an effort to say to yourself if i'm bored if i'm depressed if my, my life seems to be going nowhere if i'm stuck in my recovery if i'm stuck in my addiction maybe you're not challenging yourself and i'm gonna tell you it's a challenge because um you know i was working at sober's dope kind of like part-time but well, i would say full-time as i worked other jobs and stuff because you know i have to pay the bills for sober's dope that's why i go to work because i can't support the podcast without going to work it's just not enough 
coming in. So, um, and that's cool because Sober's Dope is all about service. It's not a money grab. But I had this particular schedule and this particular lifestyle when I'm full-time on Sober's Dope, right? It's kind of like I stay up all night working on different stuff, whether it's books, whether it's podcasts, whether it's marketing, whether it's music. And then I, I, um, I wake up probably like 10, 11 o'clock in the afternoon and I go the whole day and a whole night to three, four o'clock in the morning. I was like really living off limited sleep and pushing myself. And then I get into these new type of career paths and these new jobs I take or these new projects. I really don't take traditional jobs. They're more projects like working with different companies to um, hit different initiatives and goals. But one of the one of the things that was challenging, right? And this is all about me challenging myself and 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 um, optimizing new life paths, right? Was getting back into a normal um, sleep cycle. So the last two weeks was like no joke, man. I had to get up every day, six a.m., travel from Queens, New York, to Long Island, New York, to train so I could work with the disabled population. And while I'm doing that, um, my body's going through all these changes. I'm like slightly like, what are you getting yourself into? But I, I'm staying the course and it, it makes you more well-rounded. You know, I developed a weird um, heart condition because of my new sleep patterns. And I was sensitive to coffee at tachycardia. I guess it was high heart rate. I think it was all my anxiety of taking on all these new projects. But then I grew past that. And I'm continuously growing and I'm starting to find like real hope in just these different projects that I'm doing, whether it's Meta's Dope, which is the art company, whether it's Sober's Dope, which is my baby and my love. And um, I'm working on a new book, Sober 100, which will be out on my birthday, September 29th. And then, um, you know, and now it's these, uh, the, the, the new um, initiative I'm working with, with the disabled community, which is extremely exciting. On top of that, it's um, my music, which is extremely important. All right. So, you know, if you don't know, I'm an artist, I'm a recording artist and a professional music artist. And part of my music is like, I did not want to let go of those aspects of my life that always been there, those passions of mine. Many people like to say, oh, you know, don't dream. I say dream until you die and work hard at your dream until you die. Because to give up on your potential and your dream is a tragedy within itself. So going back to you guys, like your recovery on those cloudy days, your recovery on those days when you're doubting yourself, your recovery on those days when things just look blue and not so beautiful. Um, use your recovery as a superpower to push you into area and new life paths and place places and, and take you places where you would not otherwise go. Because a lot of us live in fear. A lot of us live in perpetual anxiety. But the way you conquer fear and anxiety is you, you use actions and you push through the fear anyway. Like bravery is doing things when you're afraid and you're anxious and you're sick and you're not feeling it and you're nervous and you're doubting yourself. You do it anyway. You'll get stronger. The body is resilient. It has a way of pushing back. Whatever trauma, you could grow through it. We know that, all right? So, um, oh, also, good news, fun news. Your boy, Pop Buchanan, did my first public speech, my first public motivational talk this Sunday for Father's Day. It was Saturday. 
for Father's Day for St. Mark's Church in Brooklyn. And I tell you, I was not feeling well. I had all of these notes because you guys know I could speak about a lot of different topics. And uh, I didn't even know where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. I was just like, I gotta, I know what I have to say. And then I remember somewhere in the Bible, God was like, don't worry about what you're going to say. Let the spirit of the father, the spirit of the Lord speak through you, right? The Holy Spirit speak through you. And I was like, well, you know what? I know the themes. I have thousands of notes. I ain't even get to my notes. I just went off. And I, 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 it was a tough crowd. It was a bunch of really seasoned um, gentlemen who were fathers. I mean, you had guys from anywhere from 25 to 85. Um, strong men in the community in Brooklyn. And they was just looking at me like, what's this young guy going to say to us? And who is he? And... And I went up there and I held it down for Sober's Dope community and I and I and I gave my heart. But it was the first time I did a public speech. Like, I mean, you know, I had thousands of speeches that I give on the podcast and talks that I give on the podcast, but I never actually sat in front of a group of people in that way and had to be a keynote. And I just felt like it was such a new breakthrough for me. So again, you haven't, you, you know, if you don't speak here from Pop Buchanan and Soap is Dope within a month or a couple of weeks, one, we have 365 episodes, right? If I'm just getting on here every day and just say, it starts to become redundant. I don't like to waste my words. And when I feel like I hit a subject really hard, I like to give the podcast time to breathe. But I also like to give you guys a contrast. So you could say, you know, I haven't heard from Pop in a week, but let me see how he grew in that time, or if it's a month, where you could hear my growth and what I was doing. And it's another living example um, of our, my recovery, and that I practice what I preach to you guys. So from the last time you heard me, I have a new career path. I did my first motivational speech. I launched my second book, which would be done um, on, in September. Um... You know, I, I, I rekindled my relationship with one of my um, childhood friends. Uh, I've been working on myself. I fixed my circadian rhythms and sleep. I'm going back to sleep at a normal hour. And you guys hear how much I love sleep and how, I, how much I talk to you about the importance of sleep. Um, and I push myself and I challenge myself. So this episode is a simple call to action. Challenge yourself in your recovery. Write down a, a, a list of 10 things that you always wanted to do, but that maybe you was afraid of. Maybe you felt like you needed money to do it. Write down another list of top 10 career choices that you might want to do that's outside of your comfort zone. Things that you, that you never will kind of think about, but might be cool. Start looking in different areas of your life where you can shake things up. Think about what, 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 what project can I be working on? What hobby should I be working on? What's my long-term goal, short-term goal? Midterm goals. Um, you know, what am I, what areas of my life that I can be a little bit more alive in? Am I being creative enough? Am I making things? Am I doing things? Am I activating that ABC? Always be creating mechanism that pop loves to talk about and and am i am i doubting myself um am i worthy yes you're always worthy should you be doubting yourself no you should dream big and act on it and do what you do even when you're afraid and i'm telling you i do it i'm, I'm not always 
the most confident person in the world, right? Sometimes I doubt myself a lot sometimes, but as I get older, I just know as I get younger and more wise, cause I don't, I believe in words and I don't believe by saying I get older, I'm not getting older, I'm getting better. As I get better and um, more wise through the years and younger in mind, body and spirit through the years and more refined, I tend to, um, care less about what people think and care more about what I think of myself when I look in the mirror. Am I going to be proud of myself? Because remember, when you go to bed at night, you have to live with yourself, right? If you're worried about what everyone else is saying, imagine, imagine how um, lonely that life could be if you're worrying about what other people are thinking of you and you're putting that over what you think of yourself. So be it, go out there, be creative, love yourself, pace yourself, and believe in yourself, all right? Um, if you're in early recovery, and that means to me, if you have day one in sobriety to like year three to five, I consider that early recovery. Um, and you're still figuring it out. Because that five years ago, I was still figuring it out. And guess what? I'm 10 years sober, uh, almost 10 and a half years sober, and I'm still figuring it out, all right? But you know, one thing I'm not figuring it out if I want to drink or not, because I don't. I hate alcohol. I don't want to drink it. I'm done with it. I slayed that demon for the uh, uh, good. I don't play with that. I never. I'm talking about. I've been in every possible stress. I've been so stressed in the last ten years at certain points in my life that I developed autoimmune diseases because of how stressed I was. Because I couldn't drink and stuff and because I couldn't do certain things. So I would stress and ruminate and fixate on things that I couldn't fix at the time in my life. So I developed a physical ailment like hyperosmia, multiple chemical sensitivity. Sometimes I, I went through a lot of stuff, man. My back, I love, you know, my back blew out. I remember at my lower back, I almost had to learn how to walk again just because of stress. And I still didn't go have a drink. Because I knew no matter if I'm having these mental health, anxious, autoimmune responses to stress because life is gets scary and I didn't have all the coping mechanisms and I'm human. Like I just, these things happen. I'm a very cerebral person. I think a lot. I stress a lot. I will fixate a lot on certain things. Um, to be quite honest with you, I'm not perfect. Did I drink? No. Did I think about drinking? No. Did I? Am I still here? Yeah. Am I better? Yeah. Am I over those men, um, autoimmune issues? Yeah. I'm working on them. Are they going to stop me? No. What it might happen in the future? Possibly. Am I going to stop? No. Is my recovery in the forefront? Absolutely. Is the best decision I ever made? Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a better version of what I, am. I am. I am living my potential. And I'm learning how to maximize my potential. I'm not going to say, I'm maximizing my potential. I'm the man. No, every day I'm getting better at learning how to maximize my potential. A little bit of housekeeping. I've been a little bit light on Sober is Dope on um, Instagram. And that's mainly because, again, uh, we went really hard. Every day from January to about a month ago, I went really hard. And the last couple of, like, two weeks ago, I was getting into this new career. I have, to, I have to study. It's like I'm going back to school. I've been studying everything. I have to learn CPR. I have to learn how to do all type of stuff. I have to learn how to administer medicine. I have to do all of this stuff. Very exciting. Um, it's like I'm like learning how to do all of these new things, and it's been very challenging. The reason why I'm telling you that is that, you know, um, 
it's okay sometimes to let things in your life breathe a bit, right? Because I'm never going to stop sober. So um, shout out to Lee, Lilo, um, uh, which is one of my friends. That's his dog's name. But um, I like, you know, that's his um, Instagram uh, um, name. And I just wanted to shout you out for um, hitting me up about the podcast. Um, I, you know, a few people kind of was like, Hey, you haven't done a podcast in a while. And I'm like, I know, I know I take breaks sometime and give the podcast, um, room. And the reason why I do that is I like to give distance between certain messages that I give. Right. So when I come back, I have a new theme and a new direction for you because the one thing you don't need and the one thing you're not going to get with soap is dope is major redundancies like okay bro you know i have to come at you different ways as i grow as a human being because it's the only way that it works is if you grow with me in my recovery then you grow with me on with my process and if you go back from episode one to episode now you could say to yourself damn i really get to, i know this guy from when he was younger about five years ago to now and everything he went through all the different things he was doing y'all went with me while i was driving a truck you guys was with me when i was doing pest control you guys was with me when i did my first album you guys was with me when i did my first book when i hit my first milestone and every other milestone since then uh when i hit five years sober six years sober seven eight nine ten come on man you guys are family so the point of this podcast is you live with me man you're gonna you know it's gonna be a point 20 years from now i'm gonna be a lot older much different i mean again a lot younger more refined a lot better but it'll, we'll be talking about sobriety from a perspective of someone who did it for 20 years plus. And it'll be this big case study of this guy's life and this movement called Soap is Dope and Pop Buchanan and how you do recovery over years. And if I could do it, you have a blueprint. So the lesson of my little brief absence is let things breathe in your life. Take moments in your life to let things just breathe. And then in that moment, like Jay-Z said, can I get a minute to breathe? And in that minute, you leave, right? So give things a minute to breathe and then use that time to figure out how can I add light to this situation? How can I expand on the conversation? What am I doing in my life now that can be better? Am I making my recovery an excuse uh, to be miserable or am I making an excuse to be extraordinary? Am I using my recovery as a crutch to le lean on my past and, and the woe is me and I wish I could have a drink and I can't do nothing and life is boring or am I making it positive? One thing you, you know, you probably never hear me do too much is use my recovery as a negative. I'm mad excited. There's nothing I'm missing. I don't, I don't even care if I'm going out. I just do what makes me happy. Right now, this is an activity for me. It makes me happy. I have to get up early tomorrow. But I love you guys enough to come on and say, yo, listen, this is it. This is our life. Challenge yourself. Be free. Use your recovery as a, uh, a godly stepping stone into eternity and into maximizing your potential. Use your recovery as something positive. And days when your recovery is not too hot, know that it's okay. It's days you're not going to feel too hot. You heard it from me. Pop was so stressed that he developed a, a, a sinus, autoimmune sinus disease, where I can't smell perfumes or anything. I spoke about that a lot. 
I have a condition called hyperosmia, chemical sensitivity. It came out of the pandemic. It, I, I didn't even have COVID. It was just that I got sick one day because of stress. I was so stressed during the pandemic for a, a bunch of reasons I don't choose to talk about. But I was. It was enough stress to where if anyone was going to possibly relapse, I, I could have then. But I don't believe that relapse is an answer to anything besides turmoil, grief, and hellfire. But if it was a time where I ever was weak enough to do something like that, that time came and went. And I conquered that moment by saying, I'm just going to be here in this little dark, miserable place for a bit. And I'm going to get through it because life is not always peaches and cream. And I'm not making you no promise that recovery is always going to be butterflies and rainbows. Not. But you're not a coward. You're not a punk. And Sober is Dope is not about nurturing chumps. We're champions right? We're not victims, we're victorious. And I implore you to be courageous and to be brave, to say, despite the good, bad, I don't care if someone broke up with you, I don't care if you lost that job, I don't care if you broke, I don't care if people calling you a loser, I don't care if you feel invalid, I don't care if you feel diminished, I don't care if life is kicking your ass, not an excuse to use, it's not an excuse to get high, and it's not an excuse to doubt yourself. Just roll with the punches and you'll get through it because you are a champion. And I wanted to tell you today, you're worthy no matter what, and you will never be irrelevant. That was the theme to the speech I gave this um Saturday, Are You Irrelevant? And um, it was geared towards fathers, but I would say this, I extend that question to you. Are you irrelevant? Do sometimes, because of circumstances in your life, do you feel irrelevant? And if you do, remember, you are not. And you can never be irrelevant because you are in the image and likeness of something beautiful that created that created you. I call that thing God. You might call it something different. Even if you don't believe in God, you got to admit your existence is something of a miracle. And that means that you can't be irrelevant. Because you're here, you're breathing. And out of a trillion different possible sperm cells that could have impregnated your mother's egg to make you, you appeared winning this one grand lottery called life. And then in that way, you can't be irrelevant. And that's my case. So thank you, everyone. Um, I think I'll try to do another episode next week or maybe in a few days, depending, maybe this weekend. But I want to leave you with this. I'm leaving you with some homework. I want you to write down your top five goals that you want to accomplish in recovery. I want you to think about that in terms of your short term goals, what you want to do within the next one to three months, your midterm goals, what you want to do within the next year or two and your long term goals five years from now. Right. What would you like to really do? No matter how outlandish it is, no matter how much of a dream it is, I don't care if you say, I want to buy a skyscraper, I want to become an architect, I want to go back to school to, to learn to play the piano, I want to become a professional boxer, but I'm 65. I, um, you know, I want, to, I, want to, I want to play professional basketball, but I never played ball a day in my life. I always wanted to be a dancer, but I, I, you know, I broke my leg and I can't, I can only use one leg. Doesn't mean you still can't be a professional dancer. I want you, no matter how extreme the dream is, to write it down and to think about it. Okay. I also want you to, um, and this is important too, I want you to write down um, 
five things that you feel are holding you back in general but in relationship to your dreams really like for me it was what was holding me back was um at some points in the process i was procrast i would procrastinate when i didn't have everything i needed and i would um take time for granted right so I could be a little bit further in certain things in my life of us. I was a little bit hand, more hands-on, but I didn't give up. So my trade-off was I said, okay, I tend to procrastinate. I tend to lose interest in things extremely fast, right? Um, so I would start a project, be gun-ho about it for six months, and then totally just totally just stop, right? I have to work on it. Right? That's me being honest, right? I have to write down five things like that, right? Sometimes I wasn't financially capable to hitting all my goals because I take all I do I t I bite off more than I could chew. Um, sometimes I'm straight up lazy. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'm straight up lazy. I'm like just don't feel like doing it. And there's times where I doubt myself. I doubted myself, you know. And it took friends and people that love me and many of you in the sober dope community who was like, don't doubt yourself, right? I told you guys many a times. There's times where I was gonna stop. Sober's I might. I got to a point with Sober's Dope where I was saying to myself, you know, I did all of these episodes and I, I, I wrote this book and I did all of these things. Why do I still need to do it? I feel like there's enough stuff out there that can help people. And then God will remind me that it's not yours to put down and pick up. All right. So just don't be a brat and do the right thing. And then someone will reach out to me in the middle of the night and say, hey, Pop, you know, um, I was listening to the episode and um, you got me, you know, you helped me in a dark space. And then I'll see a picture of me where I was hurt. I was that young guy about 15 years ago and I look in the picture and I was in pain and I was hurting. And I remember how much, how enslaved I was by that addiction. And I'm like, yeah, this is a war, man. This is a war between good and evil, life and death. We can never stop. So you can't take breaks to reframe how we do things and why we do things. It's okay to take a moment to reevaluate your why and to put that in action and to reinforce your uh, momentum and your purpose for being here. All right. So write down five goals, mid, short, long, and make those goals tied to an outrageous dream. Then write down five things that you know, character defects and flaws that you kind of lean on. And be honest with yourself. This is just for you. So you be brutally honest. Like if you know you're lazy, you know you're a shit talker, you know if you just all bark and no bite, say it. And then what I want you to do with all that information is say, this is a new year. All right. January is not that far from far ago. So don't don't give up on your dreams. Don't wait till New Year's next year to start. Start fresh. Let this app, and I'm going to give this episode at least a week or two of breath. So you could really, really hit me up in those inboxes. The third thing, I want you to hit me on Sobers, though. In the inboxes, pop. I did the homework. These are the things that I feel like, whatever you want to share. These are This is like one of the dreams that I was thinking about from the list. This is one of my long-term goals. Here's some of the things that I'm afraid of, or here's some of the things that hold me back. Some of the character defects that keep me from just being my best. 
The goal with this is I want you to opt to maximize your potential in recovery, right? Don't limit yourself. No limits here, right? I want you to be free to have no limits. And I want you to start exploring how to use your recovery as a superpower. And when you're bored, I want you to know it's because you're not being create creative. When you're worrying about what they're doing on a Friday night, you should be building your kingdom on a Friday night. When you're thinking about a drink, when you're in recovery, you need to remember the darkness and get to work and figure out why am I sitting here thinking about having a punk ass drink when I could be building an empire and I could be going to run and I could be doing pull-ups and I could be doing push-ups. I could be exfoliating my skin. I could be juicing blueberries and kale. I could be praying. I could be meditating. I could be learning how to box. I could be writing a book. I could be being of service. I could be going to church. I could be helping the homeless. Get up off your butt and don't leave anything on a table and use your recovery as a superpower. And if you are in addiction and you're listening to this and you recently relapsed and you're listening to this, apply it. Stop playing. Do what you got to do. You know, 90% of the reasons people relapse is they don't understand the work. It's not that they don't want to do the work. You really don't understand the work. You think that, oh, I'm going to go to a couple of AA meetings and maybe a detox and I'm going to be all right. You think that I'm going to be on Instagram all day and recovery pages and I'm going to be all right. Or I'm going to watch videos all day and I'm going to be all right. It's not, it's not just about that. It's a mindset and a commitment you have to make to yourself that's based in legacy, life, and second chances. Because one day we're all going to be wake up and we're going to be too old to dream the way we should too tired to for second chances and you don't want to live in regret at that moment so while we still got it i don't care if you 70 years old 80 years old you still young when i say too old i'm talking about when you die spiritually when you just don't have no more fight left and you just like i'm done i woke up one day and i just was old and finished and broken done and full of regret Right. So I don't want that for you. So if you're in active addiction, I want you to know I am one of your homies. I love you, man. And when I tell you I love you, I know what I get addiction. I want you to know 90% of you in addiction, 90% of why it doesn't work or why you're in addiction is because you're not maximizing your potential. You, you don't feel like you can turn it around. You may have felt like I got too, I did too much damage and I'm too, and I'm not worthy. You might feel like nobody cares. I, I don't burnt my parents, my friends. I'm a piece of shit. Who, 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 you know, like you just self pity to death. You just keep perpetuating the same disease that's causing you to hate yourself and to feel hurt, abused. So you should keep going back to the same drug of choice because it kill, it pulls you chemically, it pulls you spiritually, it pulls you psychologically and emotionally until you either in the grave at rock bottom or on your way out or in jail. Now, in this moment, I want you to know, I want you to write down what's the top five reasons I'm afraid of getting sober. What did I do in my life that I'm afraid to forgive myself and can I forgive myself? And lastly, if you're in active addiction and you or you relapse and you want to get back on a wagon, I want you to think about forgiving yourself and why that seems so impossible.
Why does it seem so far-fetched? And what about recovery seems so difficult? And what aspects of recovery and the work that's involved in it seem so hard? Because it does take work. And it does take a mindset that I'm no longer going to bullshit myself. I don't want you to worry about bullshit in the world. Because that's not... The world is not enough for you to get sober. Life, the world, your friends, your family. I don't care about that right now. I care all about your mindset and you. That you care enough about yourself. What is it about yourself that's stopping you from loving yourself enough to giving yourself a shot? And what is it about the work that's so difficult? Because the work is fun if you have a plan and you're ready to stop playing games, but you have to think in terms of legacy. You have to think in terms of life and regret and living and second chances and miracles. Like if you can't go deep, then you're not going to really, it's not going to be, I want, I want it to be as magical for me, for you as it was for me. And it was, it's a, it, as it is for me, because it's very magical. Give yourself that shot, man. You deserve it. I'm telling you, give yourself that shot. All right. So if you're in an active addiction, AA is good, but you got to look at AA as a tool for life. It's all legacy. I'm going to leave it all on the table and I'm going to really commit to do this for two or three years. I'm not playing. If it's detox and rehab, I'm doing this. If it's God and you don't believe in God, pray anyway. This is millions of us out there that God delivered us. So we have enough faith for you. All right. Stop trying to challenge things that's bigger than you and just try to like figure out something that's pure. You know, I see people all the time. Oh, I don't want to believe in God. I don't want to believe in religion or anything. And they're outside, you know, doing God knows what in the middle of the night for God knows what. Just to get by. And I'm like, well, if you're willing to do that, that means you believe in that. If you would go that level and that deep into debasing yourself and hurting yourself, then why can't you believe in something that's rooted in some form of good? There's nothing about God. And I don't care if you study in Buddhism. I don't care if you're Muslim. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Christian. I don't care what it is. If it's rooted in faith and it's rooted in good and it's rooted in some type of laws and some type of commandments or some type of guidelines that, that, that brings you closer to a living energy of life and forgiveness and love, don't 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 shortchange yourself on that because of your upbringing or your programming. Give God a shot. Because God certainly didn't give up on you. When the devil is done with you kicking your ass in the middle of that alley and pushing them drugs and that stuff on you and kill half of your friends through fentanyl and the other half of people through alcohol overdose and hit and runs and car accidents, God is still like, whenever you're ready, I'm here. And I'm living proof of that because when I totally didn't want to deal with God no more and I thought I was I had a God complex and I was all in my own shit. God was waiting for me that day I got on my knees in Brooklyn and said, God, the devil has captured me and I'm done. I don't want to die. I'm being honest with you, God. I don't want to die. Please help me. God said, it's done. Are you done? I'm here. Done. I'm 10 years, I'm still with that same creative energy 10 years later. I didn't know what was going to, I just knew that I left to my own devices was not God and could not do anything good besides get high and, and drink. That's all I was doing to the point where I was going to die. 
I needed to reach for a Hail Mary that was bigger than me. So my call to action to you, find your Hail Mary, throw it, have all the faith in the universe, follow through and do the work because you deserve it and I love you. To those who are in recovery now, I'm flipping it back to you because this episode, this podcast, and this pod Sober is Dope is about people that's in active addiction and people that's in active recovery and people in between. What's in between? In between is for the people that relapse, the people that know better, the, pe- the person that's just in pain, the person that doesn't even know, want to know if they have a drink and a drug problem, but they know that they want a change in their life. The in between. The in-between is for the people who's lightly socially using drugs and alcohol but may not be addicted, but still may want to hear about a positive message. The in-between is for those who have no issues with addiction, but may be listening for a family member. Somebody might be listening for the in-between, mental health. Someone might just be listening because they want to hear someone talk about this subject. To whoever is listening and to those in recovery and to the in-between and to those that's active addiction, you have one life to live. Let's live it, baby. Let's love it. Write down those dreams. Be creative. Stay committed. You know, a lot of you are going to, a lot of you are relapsing out there because, you know, you got more, you get caught up in, look, I'm going to be quite honest with you. Most of you guys relapse because you can't get past the pink cloud. Like you can't get past that whole euphoria and um, the honeymoon effect of being sober. When you got that honeymoon effect, I'm telling you, man, your brain is on fire. You're happy. You got all this energy. But when your brain starts to really go through that restorative process, you hit something called protracted withdrawal or the wall. And when you hit the wall, it's not fun no more. For that little bit of moment, you go through this dark period. Where you're tired, you're grouchy, you're bored, you're confused, you're dehydrated. You're just like, oh, man, all this sober stuff, all of this work. I don't feel like going to a meeting. The war feels like, sounds like that. Leave me alone. You know, when you first get sober, oh, I'm sober, I'm motivated. Yeah, I got T-shirts. I want to tell the whole world. I'm I'm going to a 90 meetings in 90 days. I'm the most happiest person in the world. When the people stop cheering and no longer, you, it's not trending for you no more. And the fanfare kind of calms down and your family and friends go back to their little life. And you're stuck in that room by yourself and you got to make sense of it all. And you feel like shit. It's real easy to say, fuck it, and relapse. But if you know the stakes, and if you know the difference, and if you know exactly why you started, and you know what to expect, because you listen to Sober is Dope, and you do the work, you could get through that period like a champion. All right? Because your brain just needs some love. You need to reinforce your forgiveness. You need to remember your why. You need to stay rooted in faith and prayer. You need to learn how to meditate. And you need to deal with your mental health issues. Whether it's depression, loss, grief, PTSD, trauma. You need to do a bunch of stuff in recovery for it to work. It's not one size fits all anymore. In 2023, I think it's extremely complex. And 90% of the people that speak about recovery are not giving you a full picture. It's not accurate because it's not moving. 
Recovery is a living organism. Like it's a beautiful thing. It's like an angel that's consistently evolving in spirituality, case study, faith, and history of oh, everyone that's going through it collectively, passing information along and saying, "This is what I learned. This is what I learned." Right? You know, I walk every day. I walk at least two or three miles a day. I try to tr all these different diets to stay healthy. I try to research things. I try to sleep. I try to be mindful. I try to be creative. I try to dream big. I use affirmations. I pray. I stay rooted in God. I believe in the law of attraction. I try to think positive thoughts to attract positive outcomes. I try to do all these things. I do all of these things because I'm evolving because my recovery is something that's sensitive and I have to get really good at it. That means that I can't just have a one size fits all approach. I can't stay. For some people, you might be anonymous and that might be a problem. You might have to recover out loud. Some of you are recovering too loud and you might have to shut up a little bit, sit down and focus more on the work than the, the, the showcasing. Either way, if you're someone who's relapsed recently, I'm not bashing you. I'm telling you that I relapsed multiple times before I got sober. I think it was about two or three. I, I give it three solid times, maybe four. Remember, I was drinking so much, I barely remember my name. So I do know that I made really four, three to two to three, maybe four strong attempts at um, trying to do this until I figured out how to do it. You guys want to know the secret on how to stay sober so you never have to listen to another episode again? Let me clear my throat. <clears> throat> All right. Here's the secret to staying recovery. You can't bullshit yourself. You have to be absolutely ready to understand the stakes. And you have to make a decision to not waver. The day I got on my knees in that street, I said, no matter what. I will never drink beer again in my life and alcohol in my life. Doesn't mean I might not do something else. I'm being honest. I'm dead on sober sobriety. I'm not giving it. I'm just saying my drug of choice is alcohol. I never had anything else. I, For example, if I smoke weed, I won't be addicted. If I do, I, I don't do other drugs. But I'm just saying I never was addicted to anything else besides sugar and alcohol. <clears throat> so, the, so the promise I made to God is that I would not drink again and I would not ever do this thing. And to be quite honest, that goes with everything else because I'm really serious about sobriety overall. I feel like sobriety's no noticeable adverse effects from any chemical outside substances. You know, you got to be sober, you be sober. You know, but I'm not knocking the people out there that smoke weed or people who do what you got to do because I'm not fighting that fight no more. People do what they want to do. I'm talking about whatever your what sober is dope identify as uh, addiction is whatever your drug of choice is that keeps you crippled and stuck that you that destroys your life. I know people who like me, they 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 can't drink. They have one drink. They die. But they could go smoke weed and be totally fine. Go back to work and nothing's wrong. It's not their drug of choice. I don't smoke weed. I'm just saying, I know, you know, I know people in the recovery space who <clears throat> they're like, as long as I'm not doing heroin, I'm sober because I'm, I, that's my drug of choice. Like, you know, I could go smoke some pot. I'll be fine. My thing is, if it's a gate, my, my only disclaimer with that is be careful because everything has a way of being a gateway because of the spirits that's within these substances. So you could smoke weed and say, I'm not going to do heroin, but yeah, smoke weed after your wife divorced you or you find out that she's cheating with your best friend, then that weed might push you to want to do some heroin. 
So it's real easy to talk smack about what you can and can't control until life puts your ass to test and then you can't really hang. So my advice is don't do anything, but if you have to do something, just know what you're doing because we cannot be judging anymore. 2023 and I can't I can't take these hardline positions and help people at the same time. My advice is just take care of yourself and love yourself. But how you stay sober is don't bullshit yourself. All right, please, man, get on your knees and say, you know, if not for nothing, do it for every single person who's just like you but died. Think about that. There's a person who do just the same amount of drugs as you did. Heart stop. There's a person who drank less than you and didn't die. But for some reason you're alive. You live to fight another day, right? The universe is merciful on you. Don't you think for the millions of people that died doing the same thing we did that really wish they have a second chance? Isn't that a word? It doesn't, isn't it worthy to just get on your knees and say, I'm going to give this thing a real shake and I'm not going to use something bad that happens in my life and boredom as an excuse. I'm not going to use depression as an excuse. I'm not going to use heartbreak or being broke or feeling like a loser excuse to relapse. I'm going to have integrity and I'm going to push through this shit because at the end of this is light. And it's going to push me closer to realizing my dreams. And nothing in alcohol and drugs will ever get you close enough to your dreams to where it's valid. And I'm going to tell you something. I know many millionaires that's famous that does drugs drugs and alcohol. And they're like, I'm unhappy, bro. I know suicidal millionaires with, the, with all the money in the world. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares. There's, there's no thing that can happen in your life that's going to make you feel happy enough if you already feel like shit and dealing with mental health issues and you're addicted you still gonna feel just as crappy as you feel being broken normal being a superstar addiction is addiction it does not discriminate it does not care i'm tired of people saying oh that well they oh like so i'll give you an example when i post about brad pitt or i post about denzel washington being sober or samuel jackson or <clears throat> Um, John Mayer or Dax Shepard or the hundreds of thousands, the hundreds of people we post on Sober's Dope Instagram. Oh, but they're rich. Oh, but they're famous. Oh, but they have the whole world. It does. They they're miserable. That shit don't matter. They 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 you know they they're miserable. Addiction is just going to leave you in misery, whether you're rich or not. Why don't you just try to be sober and get rich and follow your dreams and have a greater likelihood that you can succeed? A lot of this is about myths and misconceptions that we hold into ourselves about what we think we want or what was good for us or what we're missing out on. I told you already, FOMO is a killer. Living through comparison is a killer. Because your friend in high school is a lawyer with three to four college degrees, a big ass house, a Maserati, a beautiful husband, a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, president of this, president of that. And then you work at Walmart. Yeah. So what? That doesn't mean they're happy. And it doesn't mean that you can't be the president of the United States tomorrow. You just have to figure out what's good for you and you cannot stay stuck in comparison and you cannot certainly stay stuck in um fear of missing out on some 
type of fun that don't exist. Let's get a million dollars. Let's work our ass off and build some, build some kingdoms, build some businesses, be creative, go back to school, get a PhD, go learn a new language, learn a new martial art, learn something, do something incredible. And then say, did I give it a shot? A lot of you are relapsing and a lot of you are second guessing your recovery and you didn't do anything yet. It's like you buy the car of your dreams and you take it for one drive and then you park it and be like, yeah, I don't want to drive it no more. I, I, don't, I don't really know. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a good drive. It's like, yo, the car was meant to go 200 miles an hour. You never even pushed the engine. You never even took it on a cross-country trip. You didn't, you didn't show your friends. You didn't do anything with the car. You just bought it. You drove it a few times and then you got depressed and parked it. Like... You know, I'm just like, I get it. I get it. Like you get sober and it's not as fun as you might think it would. Like you, you, everyone makes it seem. Everyone online is putting sobriety on social media and making it look like the prettiest shit in the world when it's gritty and dark sometimes. And it's lonely. And sometimes it's like, yo, I had a guy who called me and I love this guy. He was the most honest human being. He said, I hate it. It sucks. I, I, I can't get girls. I can't do nothing. I can't party. I don't have no life. I don't know how to talk to people. It sucks. I hate it. I just want to get high. <laughs> it was honest. I told him, yo, you're going to get high and you still ain't going to get girls and do shit because you, if you, if you a bozo when you sober or you still going to be a bozo when you high, you might think you're going to have more energy and stuff. It's just forced courage. You still going to be a bozo. Not a bozo when I'm insulting the guy. I'm just saying in general. Like if I if I can't, I'm a, like look if I can't get a girl sober and I feel like I got to get high to get a girl, then that means that I'm just not worthy of the girl that I'm trying to get. Because I, if you can't, you just just leave it alone. Just my advice is just work on the underlying reason of why you can't get a girl. Don't blame it on sobriety. Don't blame it on. Don't think that getting high is going to make it easier. Make social lubrication. I get it. But of course, it's easy to speak to someone when you're drunk. And are you going to really always strike gold, though? Because there's many times where I thought I was working it with somebody and it was like, yo, I was just talking to you because you were scary. I didn't, I didn't want you to hurt me or something. You just like you're a psycho and I don't even want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, I thought I thought I was I thought I was the man. It's like, no, you was drunk and scary. Fear of missing out, living through comparison, liquid courage, fun, I'm bored, life is, life is boring, I'm depressed, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to fun. These are all the reasons people are relapsing, and 90% of it is like I'm not dealing with the mental health aspects of my addiction, the root cause of my trauma. The reason why I drank, the reason why I'm hurt, the emotional scars, the pain points. I'm not dealing with these things. So. If you want to really have a fighting chance of recovery, you just have to start being honest with yourself. Dope is dope is here to tell you that there's mad things that you're leaving on the table that you have not considered to be successful in your recovery. And if you're in active addiction, there's a bunch of ways to look at the potential of getting your life clean 
and cleaning up your life in a positive light that you're not taking in consideration. You're not looking at all the aspects. You're not thinking about how you're going to heal on a cellular level, a genetic level, a spiritual level, a psychological level. And most of us don't give our recovery enough time to witness the breakthroughs, you know? So if you're here and you need, you're listening and you're like, okay, so what does this all mean? It means that no matter where you are on your journey in life, whether you're in addiction, whether you're in the middle, whether you're in early recovery and whether you're a seasoned vet, whether you relapse, whether you're thinking about relapse, whether you're in the process of relapsing, whether you're in rehab, whether you're out of rehab, whatever it is. Whether you A-A-N-A, smart recovery, whether you, I don't know. There's millions of us out here, we are going through different things. No matter what, you deserve to heal, do the work, and get get your life to a place where it is salvageable. And to find, have mercy on yourself, to love yourself, to forgive yourself, forgive those who hurt you. Start fresh. Start to heal and give it a real fighting chance, man. Give it a shot. Give it five years, six years. Get through the dark days. Document and celebrate the good days. Talk to people. Help someone else. Go to see a therapist. Meditate. Pray. Fight. Kick ass. Then come back to me and say, well, look, I did all of these things and I'm still hurting. And then we'll go from there. We can elevate it from there. But if you give yourself a hot six months, a hot two years, and you just throw in a towel, then it's like, what if, though? Another thing, one of the biggest regrets that people have that's um, in um, early recovery, I mean, no, that, that people that just relapse have is that, Damn, man, I just didn't give it a shake. I didn't, I didn't, what if I just gave it another year? Now I got to start all over again, right? Some idiot told you you got to start from day one because you relapsed. I don't believe in that. I believe, yo, I was sober for two years. I relapsed. But if I could get back on the wagon and I just relapsed and got back on the wagon. You don't always got to start from day one again. That's crazy. It's just, it just, it does not help people. You could just say, yo, I was sober for two years and relapse, you know, and then just, I'm continuing to be sober, you know, and I learned from that. So I'm two and a half years sober minus the one or two days that I relapsed. Don't call it a slip. You just don't always have to go back to number one. If you're kind of like a type A person like me, like someone who, like that would mess with me. Like, yo. I just like numbers being clean or I like things being like in continuity. And I just like, yo, I had this bad experience, but I got, I, I fixed it. And now I'm back. Do I have to throw out or, or is counting, does counting matter? This is just a big subject that I talk to some of my friends about. There's two parts of the camp. Yo, you have to start over and start fresh where I get it. Right. But then there's some people who's like, nah, man, I did two years and I had a bad day and I'm doing two years with a bad day. My advice is do what works for you. But before you relapse, really just tell people, yo, I think I'm, a, yo, I think I'm about to relapse or um, I, I feel like I'm not 100 percent or I'm not really I'm not sure what I'm going. You know, you have to be able to tell people. So be honest. 
Stop doing everything in secrecy. Oh, lastly, can you please get rid of all the toxic friends and the assholes in your life who's like, oh, you should be able to have a drink or the people that's just like come out to the bar with me anyway. The people now. And here's another thing I'm hearing. All right. Oh, I don't have no friends and all my friends don't want to talk to me no more. Great. I don't care. If you had 200 friends and 200 of them stopped talking to you and you live in a town where there's 215 people and no one wants to hang with you, nobody cares. Just leave them alone. They're cowards or they're not your friend. Matter of fact, they're not cowards. Just remember that most people are not, they're not, it's not their job to know how to deal with someone in recovery if that's not their thing. Most people's like, well, you have a problem. You're not drinking. I'm still going out to drink. And the mo most of the time, they're not talking to you or trying to hang with you. It's because they probably don't want to bring alcohol around you. Then you have the extremely insensitive and dumbass friends who's going to be like, oh, well, you know, um, yeah, come out tonight. Don't worry about it. It's good. You know, you should be able to have one beer. It's just one beer. Now you relapse because you're hanging around with someone with an IQ of an ant. Not even an ant. Ants are smart. They have an IQ of a whatever, an idiot. Because they don't have the emotional intelligence to understand that you shouldn't be even bothering somebody in recovery. So why are you even hanging with them? I, one of my friends the other day said something like that. They was like, oh, it's just, uh, oh, I got I to get new friends. And another person was saying something about nobody wants to hang out with me and all my friends cut me off. Someone else was talking about boredom. Someone else was talking about um, just not being able to live life. And I'm like, all right, man, like, you know, I get it. Society got us really wound up about this drinking thing. But, yo, there's no reason you can't still go out and have a good time and be sober. You know why? I have friends in my life that never drank or smoked, and they was at every party. There's sober people in clubs. There's sober people around alcohol. But if you're not an emotional state, you're not at a stage of recovery like where I am at and um, where I could go out. It's that live and let live thing where I could go out and still party with people and not even think about drinking. Then whatever. Or get bring your own beverages or really get good with mocktails. They have so many mocktails now. Whatever you're going to do, just do it and be courageous about it. But give it a fair shake. All right.